Amazing. Welcome, everybody. I'm just watching the screen on the right-hand side here. We've got a few more people coming in. I'm going to give it another minute just to let any of those people that are signed up come in and uh, attend and take part in this. So let's make sure you've got kind of 30, 30 to 60 seconds. Let's make sure you guys got drinks. So you've got your fluids in front of you, and I haven't got mine. Let's grab mine. Ring out the last of that tea bag. Let's also make sure while we're doing this, let's get ourselves set up for success for the next 20 to 30 minutes, making sure everyone get the phones out. Get your phones on flight mode. He says we're on flight mode. Zero distractions. You've got your drinks in front of you. Phones on flight mode. Any of you that don't need to be on your social media right now, if you've got LinkedIn, if you've got Facebook, if you've got WhatsApp open on anything, let's turn those off. Let's get maximum attention to where we are right now. I want to share some ideas with you guys that are going to really help, quite frankly, to keep you sane in these times, especially when you're working from home, okay? So this is going to be super important. Zero distractions, absolute focus, full attention on where we're going. Good. A couple more people come into the room. It's nice. So phones off. Drinks in front of you. Next thing, notepads, nice clean sheet. Let's get your notepads in front of you, pen, paper ready, so you can start to take some notes. Any of the ideas that I share today, I want you to make a note of them, doodle it down, put the keywords down so that when you read this again afterwards or you've got any questions later, that you can fire those up really quickly, that it sparks a new level of imagination and thinking when you're going back through that. Oh yeah, I remember Nathan said that, or I remember someone asked this. Bring that back to your memory so it's continually helping you to learn more about the content even after the event. Good. Got a good handful of people here. Let's do this. So welcome. This is Sticky Lunches, the Sticky Learning Lunches. Going to be 20 minutes of content to help you be the best version of yourself in these times. Okay. Huge amounts of change going on, huge volumes of transition and transformation that are taking place right now. So this is a great time for us to really excel in ourselves. My name's Nathan Simmons, and I'm Senior Leadership Coach for the team at MBM. And I'm gonna bring you a series of 20 minute learnings, micro lessons with Q&A at the end of it, over the next three, four, five, six weeks, whatever it's required for you guys to help you do that and help you accomplish and help you succeed in working from home. Because we're the home of sticky learning and we wanna make this stuff stick. We wanna make sticky lunches stick. So what are we covering today? The key thing that we're covering today is the I from the mindset model. I stands for isolation. Bonus points. First question to you guys in the chat, question box where you want to go. Name three stories or films that talk about isolation. Three films or three stories that talk about isolation. And the reason I'm doing this and the reason I'm asking is because these, sto these stories and these uh, ideas are going to help you absolutely. Going to help you to focus on, because they're teaching you stuff. So when you're watching Castaway, when you're reading Robinson Crusoe, yeah, when you're looking at these films, they're showing you what's going to happen in your psyche as you go into these experiences. So we can learn lessons from these fictional characters through their experiences. This is what film and media is all about, truly. Isolation. 
Cabin Fever. This might have been more of a horror, horror film rather than a, a, than a true life story of how these things. I Am Legend, amazing shout on that one. Toy Story 2, oh, interesting point, I like it. Again, it's just the flavour of what's going to happen for us. When we look at I Am Legend, what happened to him psychologically from those extended periods of time, quite literally working from home, surrounded by you know, crazy mutants with only his dog for company that eventually leaves him. He's thinking about these elements that, you know, what is it showing us right now in this variant of that theme? I'm trying to find the right words for it. You know, what we're doing right now is, is it's like being on a, a continuum. We're at the very far end of the continuum, the easy version of that, not surrounded by mutants, depending on where we work, quite possibly. Right now, though, we're working from home. We have a choice, we have a possibility to connect with people. What we need to understand is we need to understand these three stages that commonly come up when we do work from home. And then what we're going to do is give you five tips to help you overcome cabin fever. So what's the first thing that we see in these three stages? When we're working from home, we have these, it's a new experience. It's like being on your school holidays for the first time and really knowing what that's worth. And your mum gives you a list of chores to do and you're on home at home and your parents have gone to work and you're like, ah, oh, the house is mine. What can I do? And then you get, you know, your action movie out, you know, you're, you're 15, 14, 15, and you get the action movie, the 18 rated uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger movie and you're sitting there watching that. And you're like, ah, oh, this is the life. I'm just gonna eat crystal day and watch Arnold Schwarzenegger movies and, and then all of a sudden it's four o'clock and you've still got this list of chores to do. And then you suddenly go into freak out. I've got all this work to do. Mum's going to be home in half an hour. The place is a mess and you go absolutely crazy. It's the same experience. What happens is we have this sensation of freedom, first and foremost, and we don't know quite what to do with it. It's all too much. It's all too overwhelming. It's this vast space of what we can do or not do. And then all of a sudden it turns into guilt. I haven't done anything. And we start kicking ourselves and giving ourselves a hard time. And we, what happens is we tend to fluctuate from one to the other. We go from freedom to guilt to guilt to freedom. And we don't know quite what to do. And I've done this myself. Now, given those first opportunities to work from home, so I've got all this work to do. Yeah, but I've got three weeks to do it. Maybe I'll do half an hour. And then you get to three o'clock and you're like, right. A sudden surge of energy and you you do three hours work in an hour and a half you're like why didn't i do that at nine o'clock so you're constantly kind of berating yourself and and trying to enjoy yourself but berate yourself at the same time so there's constant push pull the second stage we have is then when we start to get into this and we start to understand it's what we call busy 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 you now know what you know about the space that you've got and how long have you guys been doing this? Let me know in the comments, how long have you guys so far been working from home in this current situation? How long have you been isolating for? Let's see how long people are out there for. Three weeks. I think we're on the cusp of our fourth week here at the Simmons household since the 18th of March, crikey. So we're starting to get a flow of what working from home was like. So it's about three and 15 years, really. Yeah, so three and a half weeks like this, 
Some of us have been doing it for a long time. These are new experiences. Now we're starting to find that, that operating rhythm, the cadence, the flow of what we're doing. And all of a sudden we've, we've shifted out of this freedom guilt cycle and we're now in busy, busy, busy. And we're getting to the office and we're getting at half past eight and we, we work through and all of a sudden we realize we've missed lunch and it's 6.30 and we haven't helped our significant others um, arranging dinner. And then when we go downstairs, we, you know, we get the, the, the frustrated look of who, where have you been all day when we've already been in the house for so long together. So we go from one to the other. We start to overwork ourselves. We start to overcompensate. We've got all this time. I can be super productive. How much can I get done? And we try and ram as much as we can into that tiny little space. But then potentially, like I say, we start to overwork. We start to put stress and strain onto our family space because we're thinking we should be getting more done. We feel like maybe that guilt piece is, are we doing enough or are we being observed in our own perception for the amount of work we are or aren't doing? So we try and overcompensate by doing too much. It causes damage to our relationships and our own psyche in this space. The third part stage that we need to get to is quite simply the balance. So what we do is we go from the guilt to the freedom to the busy, 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 and then we go, ah. right, I don't have to answer that email right now. Okay, I've got until Thursday to finish that project. Right, okay, well actually what's urgent and what's important and what's the priority now, okay? Can I actually go downstairs right now and go and see my family? Can I actually have lunch with my wife? What elements of this work do I need to do right now when I'm at my best? What elements can wait till this afternoon? Okay, so we start to then think about actually how do we make the whole relationship work? Because in truth, when they talk about work-life balance, there is no such thing. We all think we're on this seesaw trying to make everything even. Uh, there is no seesaw. We're, we're making it up in our own head. There is no separation between these two things. When I'm working here, I'm still in relationship to my daughter and my wife. If they need me, I need to go and do that. Right now, as I'm doing this, they're downstairs. And when I finish this, I'll go and have lunch with them. Now, if there's an emergency though, though I, this will stop and I will go there. So it's about making sure the whole works and everyone's expectations are being met. Mine internally to what I expect of myself and the work that I'm doing, and also the expectations of the people that are around me. Now, as leaders, the important thing is if, if you guys are leading teams, there has to be that kind of certain level of space and respect that we give our people. It's very easy as leaders to switch this up the other way and become even more micromanagement than we may have been face to face in times of crises. Set the expectations with your guys and your teams to make sure that they know when to respond. Find out when they're going to be working because their operating rhythms may have changed. They may be working earlier in the morning to compensate for homeschooling. They may be working later in the day because actually their partner's um, um, doing the work and in, in, uh, they're working from home as well. So again, it's kind of just working out who's where or what times and when these things are going to be responded to and when these pieces of work are going to be done, rather than constantly being bam, 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 which is going to knock this mental balance out of kilter and cause more problems and frustration. 
who's experiencing or has experienced these three stages so far in the last three weeks? Just a quick show of yeses. Who's experienced these three stages in the last three weeks? Yes, yes, yes. What stage are you at right now? Where do you feel like you are? Are you still in kind of the freedom guilt stage or are you busy, busy, busy or have you found the balance? What number are you? Number one, yes, good. Two to three, nice. Good, thank you for your honesty. I really appreciate the comments in that. Grateful. What you may find as you're working on certain projects, you might find that you go up and down in this. You may get given a new project or a new piece of work or complete a project. Ah, oh, oh, I can relax now. I head on the back, hands on the back of the head. I can go, I can have a little you know, nap in the sun. Bam. And then all of a sudden, hold on a minute. I've only got two days to finish it. But back. And then we go back up and down. But again, it's just remembering. Keep yourself in balance. Keep yourself focused. These are the three stages from working from home, the normal experiences. Whether you know you start talking to a coconut called Wilson in Castaway, or whether you start talking to a mannequin in a video shop in uh, I Am Legend, be aware of where you are psychologically. Where do we want to go to now? Cabin fever. Cabin fever. So bear with me. I've got some slides here with some information on that I've got sitting in the background because there's quite a lot to cabin fever. And until we started experiencing it almost on a, on a minute level, I didn't realize the depth of it. What are the symptoms of cabin fever? So for anyone here, what kind of symptoms or, or stress symptoms are you experiencing right now? Let's see if they tally up with our cabin fever ones. What strange symptoms have you experienced in the last three weeks that you have not experienced before? Strange changes in behavior. Absent-minded, yes, that happens. No motivation, definitely. Who here is getting more tired? Who's finding they're getting to 4.30 in the afternoon, they're like, crikey, I need a nap. Or you know, the screen's starting to get fuzzy, with or without the glasses. Who here's getting to eight o'clock at night and you're thinking, crikey, I need to go to sleep right now. And you're like, it's only eight o'clock, what is going on? Let's get some yeses all on there to see who's experiencing this. These are the symptoms of cabin fever. You know, we're, we're lucky that we've got our families around us and we're not in a cabin stuck in the middle of the Arctic somewhere. Like the symptoms here, restlessness, feeling like you want to get up and move around and do stuff. Lethargy, wanting to sleep all day or frequent napping. Difficulty waking up. Sadness and depression, being withdrawn. Trouble concentrating, lack of patience. I've definitely suffered from this recently. Social isolation, where you almost want to start pulling yourself away from more. Well, I'm not going to see them anyway, so... I won't do it, I'll do it even less. And also the struggle to focus on one thing at a time. 
So this is super interesting when we suddenly start to look at how we are behaving as individuals, actually we're suffering from some of these symptoms. Five quick tips that are gonna help you to overcome cabin fever. So I've got some notes up here. One, the first thing we wanna do is avoid conflict. You are stuck in isolation, potentially with an individual or yourself or other people. The last thing you wanna be doing is having conflict situation with them. You're gonna be with these people for some time, okay? Thing to be doing at this point in time, have conversations. Schedule time to communicate with these people. It might be that there might be something that is niggling you and you need to have that conversation, then do it. Schedule the time. When the children have gone to sleep, whatever it is, take the time to have emotional, honest, vulnerable conversations with each other because you're all experiencing the same situation. Number two, get out. We don't have the luxury of going to um, any of the branded coffee companies out there right now, okay? But we can still go out for a walk. It is sunny in England. Go and get some sunshine. We luckily have an allotment, so we go down there at the weekend and just spend a day in nature. Um, if you can walk around the block, um, the police here in Hastings have stopped even children playing in the water, like in small groups, so you can, put, you can walk the promenade. As long as you're moving, you can be outside. So find the appropriate space where you're not, and you've got that physical distancing so that you can actually get outside and be in nature and recharge your batteries in sunlight. Um, you know, spend time in your garden. Do that in the morning as the sun's coming up with your cup of tea. Get outside and breathe air. Make time to do this. Number three is structure routine you need to structure your day we talked about that in yesterday's webinar that's currently on youtube right now um i'll ask sarah who's helping behind the scenes unless you can post a link to yesterday's video in, in the in the comments here get routine when do you start when do you lunch when do you finish pomodoro timer 25 minutes 20 25 minutes get up move stretch go outside come back to your work help to change your environment so your brain is thinking slightly differently so number four is events have something to look forward to saturday a friend of mine uh, texted me he said nathan we're going to organize a quiz on zoom have you got zoom we're going to do a quiz they hosted it it was just an hour and a half of fun banter jokes just enjoyment okay it was it's not the same as being face to face but still having that as a point to, to look forward to, it was a welcome distraction where we could communicate with people that are in the same situation. The last one is meditate. Take time to breathe, but you don't have to be a Buddhist monk. You don't have to be sitting in some sort of Tibetan monastery um, in one of the scenes from the golden child or whatever it is. You just have to take time to breathe. Who here, yes or no's, who here has got a morning routine? Who here has got a morning routine that helps to set them up before they even get their breakfast, before they even have their first cup of tea of the day? Got three yeses come out of there. It is vital. 
the way that you start your day is the way that you finish your day yeah so when you begin your day having that moment of calm just to say okay well actually how am i feeling what's going on here what do i need to think about that's important what am i grateful for gratitude goes a long way especially in times like this having that time just to breathe 10 minutes of quiet now if you have a child or children you will be very aware that a certain age range when they wake up it's on from the moment they get up to the moment they go to sleep if that's also your life and your family you may want to make sure you get up 30 minutes before they do so you can have that peace and quiet to center your thinking i'm not talking about sitting there with singing bowls oming but just get that time to breathe for yourself no social media no phone no tech boil the kettle while the tea's brewing just sit in quiet just enjoy the sound of birdsong and remember how it feels to feel that calm when you go into your day and certain things start to irritate you or start to cause you stress when these symptoms of cabin fever are starting to bubble to the surface guys super on point it's 20 minutes of content three stages of isolation how we start to feel that and work with that and the five tips to get you through cabin fever in the chat box what has been useful from the last 20 minutes what are your key keepers and takeaways from the last 20 minutes and thank you very much to that on the chat box there sarah there is the link to the the previous sticky learning lunches From your notes, what's the one most useful thing that you've learned today? What have we got? Does hitting snooze five times count? What, as a morning routine? <laughs> Knowing I'm not alone. Do you know what? We're not. We're all in this together in different ways, shapes, or forms. Uh, Ariane, I hope I pronounced that right. You know what? I thought I was being, I was sick or weird or I, or I had coronavirus because I couldn't stay awake kind of past eight o'clock for a while. It's not, it's, this is where we are. It's just your brain is working in a different way, at a different level of intensity, which is causing you to want to sleep and do this stuff. Um, knowing you'll recycle between, yeah, you will. It's gonna, we're gonna bump up and down with different projects, with different expectations, with different obligations. As our work life changes, um, actually it's gonna be a positive thing because what will happen is your leaders and your businesses will start to see that certain projects are absolutely fruitless and pointless. And they'll say, do you know what? That's rubbish, let's not do that, let's focus on this. And all of a sudden your attention is gonna go like this, <gasps> new projects, ah. Oh. And then you might go freedom, guilt, busy, 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 and then you're gonna find the balance again. Understanding the concept of cabin fever and how to recognize it. Yeah, huge. I didn't realize, you know, until we started looking at the definitions of isolation and cabin fever when it flashed up and we we're looking at that research and talking to, to Darren um, in the MBM team. You know, actually, we're experiencing this. What? Thank you very much for sharing these insights, guys. Confusion, what is the goal? Yeah. 
questions from you guys look we covered 20 minutes of content it's the idea of short bursts of information over the next four to six to eight weeks whatever's required for all of you guys that are watching this what questions have you got right now about self-isolation what's coming up for you guys just seen your message Tracy right I would say that the biggest thing that I've got from this is that what I'm feeling experiencing is normal yes we are all experiencing normal things right now what do I do when I perceive colleagues are suffering great question Mr Smith So what do you do when you perceive colleagues are suffering? What do you wish someone would do for you, Colin, when you're feeling like that? What do any of us, what would any of us want someone to do if we started to feel like this? The truth is, you know, it's not, okay. What we're experiencing isn't unprecedented, okay? This has happened in, its, in this form several times previously. I, saw, I recently saw some quotes from Samuel Pepys regarding the plague or something ridiculous. And it was saying, you know, regarding, even with some of the nuances of language, it sounded exactly like the situation we're dealing with now. The intensity, ferocity, and, and uh, speed at which this situation has happened, yeah, that's terrifying at, at points. But every business is, was always going through a crisis. 12 weeks ago, I guarantee that 90 or 90% of the businesses that we work in were in some sort of crisis 12 weeks ago. When this finishes, 12 to 20 weeks after that, that all our businesses will be in some other crisis. Every business is always going through something. These changes that we're going through, when we're going through them in this intensity, is purely asking someone, how are you? How are you actually doing? How are you actually feeling right now? What things can you do right now that might make this better for yourself? And even coming back to one of the key elements that supports learning to learn, the, the fourth part of the model that I teach people is to teach. So the fourth stage of learning is always to teach what you know. And as Einstein said, if you can't explain it to a six-year-old, you don't understand it yourself. This is why we do these short bursts of learning. So you can grab a couple of key ideas and then you can go to one of your colleagues and go, do you know what? I can see this is happening. This is what I'm observing. These are the emotions that I'm seeing that are coming up. Have you thought about? Here's what I learned today. No, have you got out of the house today? Have you got uh, the balance have you got a routine the structure who in your network now what even as team people here with our with our colleagues can you actually set up a zoom quiz and just do a zoom pub quiz with 15 of you just for a laugh so you know it's, it's create these moments because you can see them here create these moments for other people because you probably would have wished that they'd done it for you or even to tell someone, you know what, being tired is normal. Because when I heard that last week, I was like, oh, this is amazing. I'm normal. Tracy and, you, Tracy and I are in the same boat. 
Um, how do we get out of the grief of losing family members at a time when they can't hug and be with the wider? Yeah, do you know what? It's, it's, if you haven't seen the the um, the bereavement uh, curve, there is a cycle that people go, and it happens when people change jobs or lose jobs or whatever. It's the same process, and I highly recommend googling it. I haven't got a, a link to it directly, but you're going to see people that are going there for this. At most, you know, we do what we can, whether it is the phone call, whether it is the Zoom face to face. I mean, it's not perfect. It's it's the best that we've got right now. Whether it's um, I've seen videos of, of newborn babies being taken to the windows of nursing homes so that their grandparents or they all in hospitals so the grandparents could see them through the window. We do what we can. We can still send flowers. We can still um, do certain things and we can arrange deliveries of equipment and stuff or, or, or nice things so that these people know that we're thinking about them. Yeah. Even if we have to drive, you know, if we can, we drive to the edge of their house just so they can see our face, so they know we're thinking of them. Even that small gesture of just making a heart shape with your hands is going to mean one million um, hugs to them at this point in time when we can't physically be there with them. We adapt, we evolve, and we help people move through this. Good. I'm hoping this helping. What else have we got? Any other questions right now? What have we got? I'm trying to see. For some reason, these don't come through in order, which is driving me a bit potty. I don't have room for an office. I have to work from a couch. Any tips? Um, yes. Get up regularly, keep moving, especially if you're sitting in, in a chair that isn't ergonomically sound. Depending on who, what family you've got around as well, you may have to kind of remove some of those distractions. If you've got family around you, make sure you're, you, you create a space where you can separate that those, those two elements. Maybe the lounge becomes yours or the bedroom becomes you. Ideally not the bedroom, you want to keep certain elements separate. This is why when we're teaching children to do homework, we don't encourage them to do homework in their bedroom because you can't separate the rest space from the workspace. So find the right room that you can close off go and work in that space and make sure if you're sitting uncomfortably you're doing your yoga stretches you're moving you keep going okay yeah get in contact be supportive don't be patronizing and this is the thing you know people say to me yeah but that sounds patronizing if you patronize them it's as simple as that if we are genuinely heartfelt emotional creatures and we want to support the people we will do that and you know, if we're concerned we're going to get it wrong, we just tell them, do you know what? I'm concerned that I might get this wrong. I'm going to do my best in this situation because it's completely new to me. I just want you to know that I care. I want you to know that I'm thinking about you and I wish I could be there to hug you. I'm not able to be, so I'm doing everything I can to send that energy to you. Good, 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 good. Any other questions? Have I, Sarah, you can probably see this. Have I missed any other questions? And Colin, you're not doom and gloom, by the way. It's not doom and gloom. We're all working from home, but the caveat to this is we're all working at home in the middle of a crisis, which is what we're being bombarded with now 100 times a day. So also be aware of that. Be kind to yourself in this time. Guys, I hope this has been helpful. I'm going to wrap it up there. We're at the half past mark. I'm going to be respectful of your time. I hope this is helpful. 
Sarah's going to, we're going to send an email out to you guys to you know, get your feedback. What's been useful? What have you learned? What are you going to share with your colleagues from this? Okay. What did you think of me presenting today? I'd love to get your feedback um, so that I can incorporate that into how I'm delivering tomorrow, the day after, and so on and so forth, because that would be really beneficial to, to me. I'd love your contribution to what we're delivering here. The next part is we're also going to send you some links as well. We've got a new deck of cards out. It's a coaching cards, a coaching cue cards. They're going to help you ask some more questions of yourself and help you to ask better questions of your team so you can get even stronger results, even in a time of crisis. That link will also follow in that email as well. And I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Massive value. At the currently the price of £5. They're there available for you to, down, um, to, to have sent to you. We'll get those into the post to you as quickly as possible. Fingers crossed. We all stay safe, we stay well, and I'll see you guys tomorrow. And I'm looking forward to sharing the next part, which is the end from the mindset model, which is all about how we dress for the job we're doing, even when we're working at home, and also how we set our spaces up. I'm looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day. Enjoy some sunshine. Please make sure you get to breathe, okay? Thanks a lot. Cheers. Bye.